Welcome to The Frenzy. I'm Melissa Carter. And I'm Jen Hobby. The Frenzy's mission is to celebrate friendships over 40. We believe that women can thrive through authentic relationships, self-discovery, and spiritual exploration. Our decades-long friendship continues to grow because we are willing to go there and share our truths through life's highs and lows. That's why The Frenzy is here, to hold space for women who are 40 and older, because at this age, your story matters more than ever. I'm Jen Hobby, and when I was trying to get pregnant, I did acupuncture, and that was with our oldest child. We tried something called moxibustion. I've never heard of that. I'm all hippy-dippy, and I've never heard of that. What is that? <laughs> well, it was because she was breech, and moxibustion is this Eastern medicine way to get your baby to turn head down. Did it and work? it is the most bizarre thing. It did not work, and I ended up having a C-section. But it um, is the most hilarious thing. So you light these... Um, things that look like cigars and they smoke almost kind of like incense, but uh, they smoke very slowly. So you have to like light them and light them again. So they look like cigars and you let the smoke swirl around the outside of your baby toes. <laughs> have you ever heard of such a thing? Your baby toes or your baby's toes? No, my baby toes. So there oh, I, was. I was like, is it around your vagina? Is that what they're, I mean, is that, <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. Okay, your baby toes. Yes, isn't okay. that funny? So picture me sitting in a chair in my living room, big, huge, and fat and pregnant, with my feet sticking out, and my husband sitting on the ground, Bless swirling him. these lit incense cigars things around my baby toes. He loves you. He loves you. <laughs> I don't know a lot of guys that would be okay. You want me to do what? Where did you hear about this? I did get a couple questions about it, but he did it because we really wanted her to turn around. But Moxibushin look, look, not I, work for us. I would have tried everything. I would have tried everything too. So no judgment here. No judgment. <laughs> Never heard of that. All right. I'm Melissa. And in honor of last night, which was Halloween, um, uh, I got to have half of my son's candy bowl or bag. And Katie got the other half because my son does not like sweets. What? He doesn't like candy? He doesn't like candy. And the thing is, we don't push it. We don't oh, push really? it. But everybody else wants to push it. Of right? course. Yes. Every, everybody else wants to say, you know, oh, aren't you sure? Hey, try this, try that. And I'm thinking, look, I mean, I don't want to start a habit that we're he's going to have to try to get out of later on. We just don't. We're like, look, I mean, it's, it's even better for us on Halloween. But yeah, my son does not have a sweet tooth. So he Halloween candy to him is eh. He, he was needs a, to go trick or treating for toys at every house. Yes. Then he'd be really motivated. If he had the, you know, because back in the day, you know, somebody we worked with loved giving, you know, lights out to kids for Halloween. I gave him crap for it, but my son would be the very one to light those lights instead of candy. But Good, yeah, so, because the whole world tries to push sugar on kids. Yes, the whole it, world, everybody, not just grandparents, but everybody except for your dentist is going to give your kids sugar. So the fact that your yes. kid doesn't like it, that's genius. Amazing. We had a birthday party that we went to for one of his baseball friends, uh, and it was Halloween themed, and he had a big pinata, and he slammed it, and the candy came out, and then every kid had a little trick-or-treat bag, and they could, you know, divvy out the candy that was on the ground. And my son um, handed me the bag 
and said, no, thank you. I'm not interested. And so he's and like, he, can I just whack that pinata one more yes, time? That was just, the fun yes. part. <laughs> that was a fun part for him. So anyway, so yes. And, and so if you have a kid in your class or your son, you know, your kids have friends, don't be that person. I mean, I, you would, you would have thought that there was, you know, some kind of druggy uh, at his birthday party. He didn't, I had like candies out on the table as well as his cake. And, and you would have thought that, that, I don't know that it was a sin for him not to eat candy because there were adults that were real almost trying to force feed him some of this candy <laughs> you're like let and it i out. just stood there and i'm like it's not gonna work it's not gonna work whatever you do so anyway my yeah so halloween good was a good him. night for us last night is there anything that he has to have like does he crave anything bad like junk food donuts he loves donuts um, um bready stuff so he like and he likes icing so he'll eat the icing off a cupcake you know, so he he do, doesn't usually eat the whole cupcake, but he likes it. So the only reason he likes icing is he was introduced to that by birthday parties at school. Mm -hmm. So school introduced him to icing and, not, you know, his preschool did it. Actually, his current school doesn't allow some of that stuff in there, but his preschool was all about the cupcakes for birthdays. And so I, and I thought it was ironic that school is what taught him about that, but donuts. And he learned that at a birthday party. So we didn't usually have donuts in our house. And so a birthday party, so hey, donuts, and he's been addicted ever the, since. Yeah. If the kid doesn't like candy, then he can have all the donuts he wants. This is great. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he's, <laughs> so yes, my son loves donuts and that's pretty much it. Mr. Carter. So cute. <laughs> all right, friends coming up on today's episode, we are going to answer this question. Should sleepovers be banned? This is a struggle that I am having in my house and I definitely want your opinion on it. And we're going to get a question out of the You Don't Know My Life box. And the question for today is, what is the worst uniform or costume that you've had to wear for work? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and we're going to answer a question from the Frenzy Advice column. It is from Karen. She wants to know about changing her name, or it may be Karin, K-A-R-I-N. She wants hmm. to change her name. So, yeah, so don't judge her immediately because it's not Ian. And also, I will have your mirror mantra to say to your reflection this week. But first, have you signed up for the Frenzy email uh, yet? Is a weekly email, okay? We only do it one time a week. We're not going to bug you about it. But in it, we send you the episode right to your inbox and any relevant information and things that we discuss and links to things that you need with deeper insights into everything we do right to you. We make it very easy. So uh, we want you to sign up at thefrenzy.com. Plus we also send you the link to our private Facebook group, which is slowly growing. We're very excited. So thefrenzy.com is where you sign up today. And we want to thank our listeners who have already subscribed to our email list, including Celesta Williams, Lee Witts, and Francis Curry. Thank you so much. Jen, we are going to dive into the sleepovers debate because I'm fascinated of why you want to ban it here in just a minute. But first, <laughs> let's thank our sponsors. Just heard your friend, neighbor, or colleague has been diagnosed with cancer? Your first instinct is, what can I do? Kick It Pajamas is the answer. Kick It sells pajamas, gowns, and other accessories specifically designed for those going through cancer treatment. Go to kickitpajamas.com and use the code FRENZY to get 10% off. That's kickitpajamas.com, code FRENZY for 10% off. Give the gift of comfort and style. Kick It Pajamas. Let's kick cancer off the planet. Hey, it's Melissa. My family has a history of vascular disease, so I make a point to get my vascular system checked through life screening each year. 
The health of your arteries is important and it's critical to understand your risk of stroke and cardiovascular disease. With a simple preventative screening, I get peace of mind or early detection so that I can take action. Since 1993, Lifeline Screening's highly experienced staff has screened over 10 million people in order to bring awareness to potential health problems for follow-up with your physician. To find out more, go to LifelineScreening.com. That's LifelineScreening.com. And be sure to use the code FRIENDS. That's Frenzy without the Y. So that's F-R-I-E-N-D-Z. Okay, Melissa Carter, I think that sleepovers should be banned. And why? Two daughters, for our new listeners who may not know, um, at this time of the podcast, I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, and as our kids grow up, their social lives become so much more important. You know, they have a new best friend every day. You know, it's one day it's this person in class, the other person that's this, you know, other dancer, and they're, you know, the dance team, and there's a best friend on the soccer team. So they're starting to get invited to sleepovers and mm-hmm. it's starting to make me really itchy and nervous for a couple of different reasons. The f- and the first is age. So I want to know when you were able to start doing sleepovers when you were a kid or when you would let Mr. Carter do sleepovers mm-hmm. because with having two girls, the little one wants to keep up with the big one all the time, right? There's a lot of arguments about fairness, <laughs> Right. What did she get to do? What did I get to do? Was it the same? Did we get, you know, there's a lot of competition there about fairness, especially since the the same gendered siblings that usually happens more than, but my older daughter is probably more ready for sleepovers. You know, at nighttime, she doesn't need as, you know, we always like read and tuck her in when she's home, but she doesn't really need it as much as the little one does. So First of all, it's age. So if I let the older one have sleepovers, then the little one is going to want to have sleepovers and I don't think she's ready. So let's tackle the age part first and then I'll give you some of my other reservations. Well, I don't think that um, your oldest should be punished because your youngest exists and, and causes a fuss. Now, I am the youngest. I'm the baby of the family, but I was far more far more behind my siblings than your daughter is. And I wanted to keep up with them and I wanted to be, you know, I mean... I want, and they were teenagers when I was this age. So my mother's like, absolutely not. So I do think that you have to come to terms with the fact that they have to live independent lives, even though the youngest one is going to make a fuss about it. I don't think oldest siblings should always be babysitters or always have to include the youngest ones because that's, that causes resentment too, because I know that my older sister, like there's resentment there (laughs) and there's resentment on my end too. So, you know, you just want to mitigate that. But I think I was around Lauren's age when I first uh, spent the night with Carol Dabney, my be- one of my best friends. Was that like um, thir- third or fourth grade? It was third grade. Third grade. Okay. And, um, and I had a problem sleepwalking. So I was oh, a sleepwalker wow. when I was a kid um, and I would not remember it. Um, so that was the main concern for my mother was that is she going to sleepwalk? So we, I remember her ha- and she was, she was friends with Carol's mother. Mm-hmm. But it was like, okay, here's here's a thing to consider. Um, but she still let me go because I hadn't slept walk in a while before I got there. But anyway, but I um I don't know my mother's concerns, you know, leading up to that because as a mother now I know that my mother had a lot more to think about than than just the sleepwalking mm-hmm. and never shared it. But 
I don't, I think, because I thought your first thing was going to be it was a, a different gender, because that's my biggest concern is that, you know, kids are, or at least Mr. Carter is going to be friends with boys and girls. Um, and I will say this too, uh, not to, to, you know, delay this any longer, but Mr. Carter has spent the night with friends while Katie was there. So Katie is friends with the parents. The mm -hmm. parent has, and this was during the pandemic because she, they were part of our pod. Um, mm -hmm. her, one of her children was, you know, has special, uh, medical needs. Um, and so she was part of our pod because of my medical needs. So we're like, okay, our kids can interact with each other during the pandemic. My son was home for a remote kindergarten. So he didn't have a lot of, fr you know, friends he was interacting with. So Katie said, well, this way he can practice sleeping over. So I'm there, but he's staying that's a good with them. Yeah. I like that. And so that's the other suggestion is maybe you should be a part of a sleepover as well. Um, if you know the parent well enough, mm -hmm. um, and that was two gender cause it was twins that were boy and girl. So he has spent the night with the girl, but Katie was there. That's something we can talk about later. Cause I have a feeling cause Mr. Carter's seven in the first grade. So he's not quite ready for that by himself. Cause he's still afraid to sleep with the lights out, you know? So he's not, I don't think he would handle a sleepover by himself very mm -hmm. well at this point. Right. Anyway. Yeah. They have to be at the right age to do it. So, okay. So right. the age thing. Okay. The next thing is about protecting them. So I have let my girls have a sleepover once and it was a neighbor that is not too far down the road from us. I know the parents very well and trust both parents tremendously. And they have two girls. So it was their two girls and our two girls and it, it went great. So I'm just trying to think about sleepovers moving forward because I thought oh, sleepovers are great. They're fine. And then my third grader started getting invited to sleepovers of houses where I don't know the parents as well. Like I've maybe met the mom at one PTA meeting or we've crossed paths at a parenting event, but the girls are becoming close friends through the year at school. But that was what flew up the flag for me going, do I need to have some more rules around sleepovers? Because I hadn't really considered her getting invited to places where I don't know the parents as well. Right. And so I don't want to create a double standard for her where I say, you know, sleepovers at this house is okay, but this one isn't. So for that invitation, I just told the family we were busy and we were, we already had plans for that weekend, but I thought, Ugh, I don't know them very well. And then come to find out that child has an older sibling, a brother in high school. And then I thought, well, definitely no, because I know of so many people who as adults look back on sleepovers as a kid, and that's when sexually either inappropriate or traumatic things happen to them. And I'm like, it's my job as a parent to protect my daughters as long as I can with as many variables as I can from having that kind of experience that young. It's like, I'm trying to figure out, should I just ban sleepovers so that the rule is just blanket? Like we just don't do that in our house or how do I navigate it per family? Because I'm sorry, if a kid has got much older siblings, I'm going to be like, that makes me nervous. Or if I know the mom, but I don't know the dad, that makes me nervous. If I don't know if they're going to have other people over at the house, like how do I know the parents aren't going to be having a party and there'll be other adults there that I don't know. So there's just a lot of variables that are freaking me out, Melissa. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I, I mean, I th I'm glad you acknowledge the sexual 
you know, inappropriateness because that's, I mean, I certainly know people, same thing, that it was, it was either a brother or father. I know a friend whose friend's father uh, came in on her uh, in the middle of the night. So um, it happens whether people want to, you know, talk about it or not happens, but I don't see, I don't, I don't think that. And it reminds me of being a, this is just, you know, me and a teenage babysitter, when the dads used to drive you home and there were creepy dads driving right, yeah. on the babysitter at the end yeah. of the night. And, yeah. you know, it's like, it just kind of, it, it reminds me of that situation where, you know, we teach our kids to be respectful of adults. So I don't ever want to put my children in a situation where they feel that they can't speak up or they're uncomfortable to speak up because they would be Oh, I tell my in child in someone else's home. I think that I try with Mr. Carter to to tell him about his body. This is from you. You are the one that inspired me mm-hmm. to do this. But I constantly tell Mr. Carter his body is his. That has mm-hmm. nothing to do with anybody, friend and I reiterate family members, friends, other adults, teachers. Mm-hmm. Like I I I list out all the people that if they make him feel uncomfortable, he is okay to say no and to immediately tell me or Katie. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, so there is a there's a difference between showing respect to adults and what they have to tell you. But I give him the permission. If it makes you uncomfortable what they're trying to tell you, then let me know and I will let you and I will be your guide on whether that's right or not. Because mm-hmm. I tell them there are bad guys out there and sometimes bad guys are people, you know. And um, so I do tell So I absolutely oh, more than once always tell him um, because even if I have to do something. You know, I tell him I, it's more appropriate for you to do it than even for me to do it when it comes to his privates. And so I let, you know, and I don't, I, but I don't like, you know, my sister, bless her, but she's kind of a, she, she, she's kind of harsh in her communication about certain things. And one of the things I did not like that my sister did was she basically told me once, we're really fortunate that our father didn't molest us. Oh, geez. Now this, I'm telling she's That's she, brutal. And I was young and I didn't understand what she was talking about because apparently her friend, she was ex- expressing relief because her, obviously she had a friend that had shared something with her, but in, in her trying to mentor me, she traumatized me. And so I mm-hmm. had never seen my father as a potential molester before until she said that, even though he wasn't right. It just right. planted the seed of that. So I will say that if you have boundaries for your daughters, don't overshare why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I no, it's if it's your concern, there's no reason for you to share your concern with your daughters and sons. But of course, daughters usually are more vulnerable to this. But I don't think you should ban it because that's overreacting. But yeah. I don't see there's a problem by telling Lauren, I don't know their parents. Because yeah. I know that Millie Pete said that to me. I'm trying to, as you, as you spoke, I was trying to think, did I ever sleep, spend the night with anybody in elementary school that my mother was not friends with? And the answer was no. Yeah. In high, I, I, in high school I, was, I did, but not in elementary school. I was trying to remember that as well. And I think that I was mostly allowed to have sleepovers with our next door neighbor. She was one year older than me. My parents knew her parents very well. We knew the whole family very well. And I was right next door. And that was that's the person I got to have sleepovers with the most. And then I started thinking about it. Now that kids can get phones, I think I'll feel more comfortable with sleepovers when Lauren has a phone, because then she has a way to communicate with me. Like, even if it gets uncomfortable with her friends, you know, or 
girls can kind of be mean as they get older, right? Like we're not there yet, but I know like the mean girl in middle school years are coming. And, you know, even if she's feeling sad or left out or just like she got her feelings hurt or whatever, I just want her to have an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And if she's got a phone, then she has an exit strategy because she doesn't have to make a big stink about going to the other parent and say, call my mom or whatever. She could just right. text me and say, mom, I want you to come pick me up and, the, you know, or dad, come and get me. And then she would have that chance to do that. But they don't have phones yet. And I don't want her to have a phone too early just to well, go I'm have gonna, a sleepover. Well, gonna, okay. Because you're, yeah, because I, I can see you spiraling. I love you, Jen Hobby. <laughs> I love you, Jen Hobby. Trying to but, control one all of the, the things, variables. But one of the things about Jen Hobby that I'm most concerned about, because we have concerns for each other, right? We've been friends for 20 years. Yeah. Is your people pleasing and your concern about other people's mm-hmm. feelings. That's the thing that I think that I really sometimes want to shake you on is like, it is okay for you to say, I don't know those parents and mm-hmm. it's okay for like, and if these girls really, really, really have to, like we're the best, we're blood sisters. I had blood sisters. I don't know if you did, but if you, I mean, <laughs> I remember that. we were scared to death to prick our finger, but we finally got it done. And then we just pressed it. We're blood sisters, our blood, you know, oh, gosh, can what? you imagine that now in the time of COVID, <laughs> right. we would all be like, no, <laughs> So anyway, but yes, I had blood sisters. Anyway, if they're just dying to spend the night with each other, then that's an opportunity for you and the other girl's parents to get to know each other Mm -hmm. in order for you both to feel safe with each other. But until then, like I said, like Carol, Carol, Tracy, and my two best friends growing up were Carol and Tracy Ann. And my parents were good friends with both of their parents right. and your brothers. And they were older brothers, both in both homes. There were, there were twin brothers and older. I was friend, my two best friends, both had twin brothers and they both had older brothers and I had an older brother. Right. So I had a house that had an older brother in it. Right. And there was no issue. And they, so, you know, it, so yes, in fairness to men, there's there, sure, the, of course. the majority of brothers and fathers don't do anything, but yet the ones that do, it's damaging enough that you have to, you have to make sure that it never happens. And so I think that, yes, I think you, your line in the sand should be, I, I need to know their parents. And I, and, and I grew up in a small town, so, you know, it was easy for them to know them and be good friends with them in the city life. You know, like I can't, I can't tell you I'm good friends with any of Mr. Carter's friends. I, I am very well acquainted with, with, I'd say three of them at this point. And I could see where those relationships could lead into him being able to spend the night. Mm-hmm. But as of now, if somebody asked him to sleep over, the answer would be no, we don't know you. And he's, and he's, and so to, to merge the two, we've told him when you are able to sleep without the lights on and the TV on, and not be afraid to go to bed, then you can have, you can, cause he's overheard people spend the night. He's heard about sleepovers. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, it's on you. Like you're going to have to get to the point where you're okay to go to bed by yourself and then you'll be ready. But, um, but yeah, no, I, we have to know the parents for sure. For sure. I have, and I have no apologies for that. There's because the other parents thinking the same thing. I'm sure that you know, there's a, there was a sense of relief with the other kids too, potentially, but is it there? Usually when it's at your house, you know, Hey, my house is safe. Right. The other parent exactly. may not understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And even, um, for our little one, she's been invited to like, you know, Oh, come over to so-and-so's house for a play date. I'm like, I don't know so-and-so and I don't know their parents and I'm not okay with that, you know? So play dates are innocent too. So, I mean, like, <laughs> of course, <laughs> 
I know, know but, no, I'm just kidding. Not, um, not without me on the first time visiting of somebody's course. house. Right. Well, you play know? dates to me include the parent. I don't know. Right. Yes. Exactly. To me, by definition, that includes the parent. I don't know. Maybe that was yeah. just baby stuff. There but... was one family that was like, no, 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 drop her off. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm staying. <laughs> but like, I got to no, tell no, you, you don't have to. And I'm like, no, I'm going to, you know, it was like, I don't know it, those, the, when those warning defenses go off, you know, we talk in the frenzy all the time about like, listen to your intuition and listen to your gut. Like maybe I'm a little fear, fearful and letting that part take over. But if I have a weird feeling about something, I'm either going to say no, or I'm going to be there the whole Look, time. I, I don't want to ever regret a decision I made. Yes. And right. And I'm a mama bear. And so I'm not going to like, yeah, I'm, I, again, I, I guess because I'm an older parent, I'm not going to make an apology. That's my mm -hmm. son. And I'm going to do what I have to do in order for him to be safe. And Katie Joe is me times 10. I mean, Katie, <laughs> Katie Joe no is, she's a viscerally a redneck. She will come in with you know, a shotgun and a, <laughs> you know, four by four if she has to. I mean, like, she <laughs> but no, we constantly have conversations about mm -hmm. this stuff. Like we're, we're on the same page and I totally defend Katie's, um, like you said, visceral re reaction. I defend, you know, when Katie feels fearful and she defends me because that's our job. That's our job is to make sure he's mm -hmm. safe. And I'd say that to him too. Like if he doesn't agree with the decision, then I'll say, let me explain to you what my job is. And then once he, you know, and he seems to understand that, okay, well, you're doing like, I'm trying to explain to him, I'm, I'm doing what I think is in your best interest. I'm not trying to just tell you what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Cause he's, he's like Mr. Spock. Like he needs, he needs to understand he's a logical guy. So he, you can't get him on emotion. You get him on logic. And so once you make something make sense to him, then he's, oh, okay. All right. I get it. And yeah. I think that on. Lauren's the same way. I think if I can logically make sense. So, okay. Sleepovers are not banned, but they are highly restricted to places where we know both parents and the family very well. Yeah. That's a rule I can stick to. I don't Thanks. think that's a problem. Thank I don't you. think that's a problem. And I think that, you know, I think as long as you provide your child with that, as long as we provide Mr. Carter with something under those rules, instead of him feeling like he's just being left out, then right. he's fine. You know, he's fine with it. Like, yeah. oh, okay, well, I may not get to spend the night over there, but I'm spending the night over here and I'm getting what I want. I want to spend the night with somebody. Right. Right. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. I hope that, I hope that helps. But, you know, being a parent, it doesn't, it is, what is some, somebody told me in Katie one time and I cannot remember, but it was basically welcome to being worried for the rest of your life <laughs> <It's so true>. <laughs> <laughs> about something. <laughs> All right, let's grab a question out of the You Don't Know My Life box. And by the way, we encourage you to steal these for the dinner table or for your friends at work or for your next Zoom meeting. Okay, today's question is, what's the uniform or costume you had to wear for work? The worst one. The right? worst uniform or costume. Because this is this is kind of um, in honor of Halloween last night when, you know, this is released. It, it's uh, the day after Halloween. Um, today's the day of the dead. Um, yes. But the, I mean, I've talked about Tweety Bird before. That's in a po past podcast. Oh, I forgot um, about that. <laughs> I had to, I, I was, yeah, you'll have to listen to that podcast, but I was Tweety Bird. Uh, I think that two things come to mind. I have a hard time wearing khakis anymore because I worked at a movie theater. My first job was at a movie theater. And this was not like a costume. This is the, the uniform 
was yellow shirts and khaki pants. And that's, and I had, that's all you could wear at work. And I, I don't look Best Buy. Yes. And I don't like Best Buy. I don't, I don't look good in yellow, so I don't wear yellow. And then, um, khakis are very hard because there's something about khakis that I just don't find attractive. Mm -hmm. And I think it has everything to do with, because it was a work uniform. So, um, I do own a pair, but it, it's every time I put it on, it's like, Oh, this is, I'd rather have different color on. Um, but I will say the worst uniform or costume is a costume. And I made the mistake. I forgot what they're called, but you know, those, those body uniform, those, those, those body, um, it's all one color and it mutes out the person underneath and you look like a, there's a name for it. Oh yeah. Um, They were in some commercials. It's almost like blue man group or something. Yeah. Um, But it, but it's, it's a full body cover and you can get it in different colors and so I made the mistake on the morning show that we were a part of, of, of Katie's brother had, was the first one to ever show me this costume and it was brand new. And so I, and I introduced it to the morning show. And so thus as the loss of a bet, I had to wear one on the corner, uh, in Buckhead in Atlanta. No, it wasn't Buckhead. It was, it was, uh, on the corner of Peach Street and Piedmont. A morph suit. Morph suit. That's it. Oh, I just Googled it. A morph suit. I had to wear a morph suit on the corner of Peachtree and Piedmont in Atlanta, which is one of the busiest intersections in the city. (laughs) I remember that. I guess that is technically Buckhead. um, The worst. And I was on the, yeah, I was on the corner with one of those on. (laughs) Melissa. We need to dig up the photos and put no. that in the newsletter. Why? Come on. It's, it's, funny. it's I could I'm not well, whatever you tell me that we gotta do pictures of that too. <laughs> I don't know if I have any, but I, now look, let me tell I will say this. I wouldn't mind it because I could I could pull off a morph suit back then. <laughs> I couldn't pull, yeah, pull off a morph suit today. <laughs> you show yourself in that morph suit. <laughs> I can't, couldn't pull it off today. <laughs> Okay, so I think the worst costume I had to wear was an Alice in Wonderland costume because I had I worked at it was actually one of my favorite jobs. It was called the Bay Gables Tea Room and it was my first serving job in a restaurant where I served very old ladies afternoon tea. Okay. That was my typical job on a Saturday. And well, okay. Let, let me just stop you for a second. When you say very old ladies, how old were they? Are they very oh, well, old today? I grew up, <laughs> oh yeah. I grew up in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is okay. now a cool hip city. Back when I was growing up there, the average age was like 88. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Like that right. was the average. Like Truly this was, old, old women. Yes. This was God's waiting room. Oh. I mean, this is what they called Florida. St. Pete had the oldest of the old ladies and so sweet. And so that was my job was to serve them tea and finger sandwiches and scones and clotted cream and very fancy. Yes. All the fun little things. And it was such a fun job. Every once in a while they would have these events and they had like an Easter Alice in Wonderland themed tea for mommies and daughters. And my boss just thought it would be so cute if I dressed up like Alice in Wonderland. And I was in my like angsty teenage years. So now I actually don't think that would be a bad costume or a bad thing to do because it'd be sweet for little kids. Now I'm a parent or whatever. But when I was an angsty teenager and wearing Doc Martens, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> 
dressing up like Alice in Wonderland and having the headband and, you know, my hair curled and blonde and walking around the thing. I was like, it, it felt a little humiliating. That uh, it just remind me the thicker the sole of your shoe, the bigger oh, yeah. the attitude. <laughs> oh yeah, I was cool back then. Yeah, yeah I was nice. like, yeah, trying to smoke camel lights and wear my yeah. Doc Martens, and I didn't want anything about being Alice in Wonderland. I mean, fast forward to my early thirties when I was divorced and single, and Alice in Wonderland for a Halloween party. That was the best night ever. I got lots of attention. <laughs> Well, it was a different audience. It wasn't yeah. the old ladies. It wasn't the old ladies or the little kids. But seeing my future, I would think if I was an old lady and saw you in that, co it would cross my mind for a second because I'm not dead yet. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, let's dive into a question for the Frenzy Advice column. Okay, this is coming from Karen. Oh, and, and while you do this, let me just say really quickly, if it, uh, this is a new segment of the show, yeah. if you have any questions, need any advice, it literally is like an advice column. It's like a dear frenzy. So Melissa at thefrenzy.com, Jen at thefrenzy.com. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, and you Karen. can, you know, any way you want to reach out to us through Facebook, DM us on Instagram, we would love to throw it out there. And of course we can change your name and details to keep you protected. This is from Karen. Um, it's K-R-I-N, which is important. She says, I want to legally change my name, but I'm afraid it will hurt my mom's feelings. I've never felt like it fit me even before the whole don't be a Karen thing. She <laughs> says, uh, my mom spelled it weird to be unique, but it's just a headache. She says, my middle name is Chelsea and I have often gone by the nickname KC. So I want to legally change my name to Casey. Should I change it? Should I tell her or not tell her? I think she will feel insulted. Mm. I had a car. I, I had a good friend, Karen, growing up. Um, because I would think Karen if I saw it spelled that way, because that's how she spelled her name. Mm -hmm. Um, or it does. She's still alive. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not to put her in past tense. Sorry, Karen. It is a bit confusing, though. Karen, Karen. Yes. Well, Mr. Carter, it, it, before I give the advice, Mr. Carter the other night said to me, what, how would you feel if I changed my name? He's seven years old. Really? And I just, without missing a beat, said, well, what would you want to change it to? And then he kind of stopped and he's like, no, I want to keep my name. So he had heard it somewhere, seen it on a video. I don't know. He, obviously he was bringing something from the outside world into our house and asked me about it. And I said that, you know, he, he, and this is my advice for Karen is the fact that you are the owner of your life. You are the CEO of your life. Mm -hmm. And I am a believer that whatever makes you happy and doesn't hurt other people, then is okay by me. And you talk about hurting your mother's feelings. Well, I mean, you know, Katie and I, and I'm sure Jen and Grant, you know, every parent, when they're naming their child, it's usually this long process. It's a, you know sometimes a gut-wrenching process because you're, you want to make it so perfect, right? You're giving a, mm -hmm. a human being the name they will be going by the rest of it's their life. So they're big responsibility. I remember feeling the weight of that. Yes. Yeah. And we, it took us, a, I mean, we knew the middle name before we knew the first name of our son because it was that important, right? We thought that he would be named, you know, and he does go by his first name. 
but he has the, but I've even thought he has the option to change that. My brother goes by his second name because mm. his first name was the same as my father's and he wanted to differentiate himself. But it, even my parents differentiated him as a young child. So anyway, my brother goes by his middle name. I think you should, if that's what, it's a long process. It's like a tattoo. Now you have to really think this through because once it's done, it's done. So, but if you have been struggling with this name, I don't see the, because, you know, a rose by any other name smells just as sweet as Shakespeare would say. So um, as an adult, you get to do whatever you want to, and then you can just explain to your parents why. But I think as an adult, so many times we think, what would our parents think? My parents are gone. And I still think, what would my parents think about certain things? Mm -hmm. But you're, but your parents raised you to be an adult. And as an adult, you shouldn't have to worry about what your parents think for you to do something. So if Mr. Carter changed his name, I would not be offended. I would really? not, I would not. Yes. If, if he, if from his gut and his soul, I mean, I just want him to be happy. And if he was happier with a different name and it had more meaning to him or it was symbolic in some way, I would still love him just the same. It would not change how I feel about mm -hmm. him. And it wouldn't offend you. Now, no. would it offend his other mother? Uh, I can't answer for her, but I have a feeling that it would, um, I, I think she ultimately would want him to be happy too, but since she picked the first name, I picked the second name and obviously we call Ooh, him. The then what if he switched it to the second name? Then it becomes a competition between who picked <laughs> what name. <laughs> no, I, I, I think ultimately she would come, she would just want to be around. happy. Yeah, Cause yeah. Katie, I mean, it, you know, I tease Katie a lot and she's kind of, you know, I mean, we're both from redneck roots. So we're both little hothead Southern ladies. But uh, at the end of the day, though, she's much better at letting things go than I am. So I think she might be hurt for five seconds and then she'd be okay. You know, let's move on. Watch yeah. the Georgia football game. Yeah. Okay. For name changing, I have two stories. One is that my husband says he went through a phase when he was younger. His name is Grant, which I love because it's not super common, but it's easy. Mm -hmm. He knew a kid in school named David who was the coolest kid. And so he had like a year or two of his life. He wanted to be David and he really tried to get his family to call him David. <laughs> It did not work. <laughs> he wanted to be the cool kid. Yeah, he just wanted to be cool, which I think is so sweet. sweet. <laughs> anyway, I was like, no, Grant's but, a very strong name. Like, too. I, have, I love your name. You gotta, you gotta go with it. He's like, I've come to realize that I like it now, but I didn't when I was a kid. I Aww. wanted to be David so badly. That's so cute. <laughs> which I think is adorable. But so see, again, that's a case where you don't change your name because of that. That's not a good enough reason to go through the whole process. Right. Social Security <laughs> office and with you know, change your name everywhere. Like that's yeah. a lot. Lot of paperwork. I don't think you understand any 401k accounts, anything you got with your legal everything. name. You got to change, change everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, for Mr. Carter, it may be a phase just like Grant. So that's why I wanted to tell you. If oh, right. Well, he, I don't know where he got phase. it from because when I told him, I said, what do you want to change it to? He didn't tell me. He didn't tell me what he wanted it to be. He just said, no, I like my name. So I don't know why he backed down mm -hmm. for, after just my response. thought about it for a second. Yeah. yeah. And then I have another friend who changed his name after his mother died. Um, he's, he said he'd never felt like his name fit him. Um, his mom passed and she passed kind of suddenly. She had um, a short battle with cancer. So by the time they had discovered it, it was pretty far along. And as soon as she passed, he changed his name and everyone was like, okay, is this a reaction? Is this like a mourning thing? Is this like a midlife crisis thing? You lost your mom. Is this some sort of emotional reaction? But he has stuck with it 
for the rest of his life. So I guess he really didn't feel like that original name fit him, but he was, it felt more free after mom passed to go mm -hmm. change it. So, right. um, so that's all I can really offer for Karen, but I would just hate if you changed it because of the whole don't be a Karen thing, you know? Oh, that's like my that, first thought. Yeah. You know, like that'll, that'll go, that'll go away. That it is a passing trend. Else. It's a, it's not something that's going to stick forever. It's just a right now thing. So well, I do think, like, I, I do think though that Karen will like Melissa. So Melissa was very, very popular in 1970 in the early seventies. And then yep. nobody names their child, Melissa. Same with Jennifer. So, so Jennifer, I was super popular late seventies, early eighties. Nobody names their kid Jennifer anymore. So in 20, 30 years, when you hear Melissa, you know, it's an old lady. Yep. And so with Karen, I do think that's what's also going to happen is that people are not naming their children Karen now because of this whole thing. And then Karen will end up being an old lady name, an old but, white lady name, I guess. But then it'll come back around and be cool again in a couple more generations <laughs> because, you know, there are a lot of kids now that have what we thought of as old lady names, right? Yeah. Yes. You know, like I know a lot of like pearls and olives and rubies and right. You yes. know, there are a lot of like older lady names that are back now and they're now in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe so, Melissa will come back. I don't Melissa know. could come back. Jennifer could come back. And guess what? Karen could come back in the best way. So I just I think, you know, if you've never felt like it was really you and you want to change it, I think you go for it like Melissa said you're a grown ass woman and you do what you want to do but right. if you're you got to really think long and hard are you changing it because of the whole don't be a karen which basically means don't be I a crum curmudgeon right? well and, and not take the right word curmudgeon yeah curmudgeon yeah. yeah that's kind of it in a nutshell a racist right? racist curmudgeon Right. It's not just curmudgeon. It's a racist curmudgeon is a uh. Karen. Um, but also, uh, you know, one last thing too is, is a parent. You're the reason there's a lot of responsibility on you is because you're trying to name a person that isn't here yet. Like I'm, right. you know, we named our children before we knew their personality, like animals. I wait to name them until I know their personality, but a baby, right. you can't, you don't have the same luxury. So that's the other thing is, is if you don't like your name, your parents tried their best, but they didn't know you well enough. Right. Um, to do, you know, maybe we should wait to name kids until they're a year old, you know, oh, they just have some no. kind of stamp on them. And then when they're a year old, we know exactly who they are. No, no. All right. I don't like that idea. That would ruin the whole monogram, baby shower, <laughs> you know, the whole Southern over, there's some overdue bonding. the initials. I think there's some bonding that happens <laughs> with being able to call a person by their name, especially in the, in the, in the early years. But I see what you're saying is that it's not yeah. a reflection of their personality yet. Correct. So I that's a why lot I think people that didn't, name. didn't name their babies until they actually saw them, you know. It's still not a reflection of their personality because they're just the little <laughs> cutest little tiny little nuggets. All right, here we go. Melissa has got this week's mirror mantra. Yes. All right. Here's what you say to your reflection in the mirror. And remember, youth is the gift of nature. Age is a work of art. Oh, so good. Youth, One more time. Youth is the gift of nature, but age is a work of art you create who you want to be as an older woman. Nobody does it for you. You finally have the freedom to do it. So do it the way you want to do it, whether it's with Karen or Anne or what's the Asian uh, actress. Oh, Aquafina. 
She spells her name A-W-K-W-A-F-I-N-A, Aquafina. If you don't know who she is, look her up. She is fantastic, and she is hilarious. And uh, she's just being her. She's like, this is my name now. And it's Aquafina, and they changed the name of the brand, and that is her name she goes by as an actress. And so, yes, whatever makes you happy. I love her regardless of what her name is. I love that. Age is a work of art. You got it, sister. All right. If you enjoyed this episode of The Frenzy, please share it with a friend. We would love for more people just like you to find out about our show. Are you enjoying The Frenzy podcast? Well, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and leave us a review. Check out our Frenzy YouTube channel with videos, extended interviews, and bloopers. And be sure and follow at The Frenzy on Instagram and direct message us, DM us with your advice. Uh, For the advice column questions, any feedback you have, we would love to hear from you. And here is a reminder to share your story. That's why Melissa and I do The Frenzy because connecting with friends is essential. It's so important to our own health and well-being to connect with friends have those friendships, and share your stories. They matter more than ever. The Frenzy is hosted and produced by Melissa Carter and Jen Hobby. Sound editing by Bo Johnson. Original soundtrack produced by Tammy Hurt for placement music written and recorded by Mark Daniels. The Frenzy is a part of the Digitent Podcast Network. The Frenzy celebrates friendships over 40, so thank you for spending time with us. We love your friendship. Until next week, trust your gut. Share your story and stop lying about your age. <laughs> we will see you next week. Wow. No, we won't. we'll see you at the first <laughs> I'm getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs>